Please join us in number 59. Blessed be the name. Number 59. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. His name above all names shall stand, exalted more and more. At God the Father's own right hand, where angels host adore. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. Redeemer, Savior, friend of man, one ruined by the fall. Thou hast devised salvation's plan, for Thou hast died for all. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. His name shall be the Counselor, the mighty Prince of Peace. Of all earth's kingdoms conqueror, who reign shall never cease. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. And now we will have our call to worship. Good morning. morning. Happy Easter. (laughs) Amen. Okay, call to worship this morning with Psalm 16, 5 through 11. Preserve me, O God, for in thee do I put my trust. O my soul, thou hast said unto the Lord, Thou art my Lord, my goodness extendeth not to thee, but to the saints that are in the earth, and to the excellence in whom is all my delight. Their sorrows shall be multiplied, that hasten after another God. Their drink offerings of blood will I not offer, nor take up their names into my lips. The Lord is the portion of mine inheritance and of my cup. Thou maintainest my lot. The lines have fallen unto me in pleasant places. Yea, I have a goodly heritage. I will bless the Lord who hath given me counsel. My reins also instruct me in the night sessions. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad, and my glory rejoiceth. 
My flesh also shall rest in hope. For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Amen. And now we will sing that great song of the blessing of the resurrection of Jesus, number 268, Christ the Lord is risen today. Christ the Lord is risen today. Sons of men and angels say, Alleluia. Raise your joys and triumphs high, Alleluia. Sing ye hands and earth reply, Alleluia. Lives again our glorious King, God, we just come here this morning and we are so grateful for what Jesus the Savior did on Friday. That as the perfect son of man, he died in our place. He paid the price for our sins, which we could not pay. And then after a day of of silence and despair, early in the morning on the first day of the week, he rose again. And we just pray now that your spirit would fill this room and fill each and every heart that is here with the new life that is in Jesus Christ and and, and the hope that is there and that we would have strength to live for you every day. 
We pray it in the name of the risen Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now you may be seated. And if you would uh, take your bulletin inserts, please. We're going to pray together our prayer of confession. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are proved right when you speak and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Surely you desire truth in the inner parts. You teach me wisdom in the inmost place. Cleanse me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will turn back to you. And we have this assurance from the Apostle John. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And now let's sing together another Resurrection Easter song, number 272. Alleluia, 
bells ringing, they're singing that we can be born again. Hear the bells ringing, they're singing, Christ is risen from the dead. The angel upon the tombstone said, He is risen just as He said. Quickly now, go tell his disciples that Jesus Christ is no longer dead. Joy to the world, he is risen, alleluia, he's risen, alleluia, he's Amen, and you may be seated uh, for the reading of God's Word. Scripture this morning is Acts 26, 19 through 26. Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision, but showed first unto them of Damascus and at Jerusalem and throughout all the coasts of Judea, and then to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God, and do works meet for repentance. For these causes the Jews caught me in the temple, and went about to kill me. Having therefore obtained help of God, I continued unto this day, witnessing both to small and great, saying none other things than those which the prophets and Moses did say should come, that Christ should suffer, and that he should be the first that should rise from the dead, and should show light unto the people and to the Gentiles. And as he thus spoke for himself, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, thou art beside thyself, much learning doth make thee mad. But he said, I am not mad, most noble Festus, but speak forth the words of truth and soberness. For the king knoweth of these things, before whom I also speak freely. For I am persuaded that none of these things are hidden from him, for this thing was not done in a corner. Amen. That is the word of God. And now let us go to God in prayer. Father God, thank you for sending your eternal Son to earth as a human baby to be the Son of Man and to die on a Roman cross as a perfect human sacrifice to pay the price for our sins. And moreover, when he rose from the dead on the first day of the week, you gave your seal of approval that his sacrifice for us was accepted by you. And therefore, if we continue to live our lives in surrendered, humble, dependent, obedient faith in him and for you, we have eternal, abundant, and fruitful life in him. 
as we enjoy your love day by day, living in your kingdom on this earth. And we pray for ourselves. Please give us the same bold freedom and confidence to proclaim this good news of Jesus every day in all we do and say this way that was demonstrated in the life of the Apostle Paul. Our world today is very much like the world in first century in the Roman Empire. It's a culture of death and great self-indulgent immorality. Please give us the strength, the grace, and the love to live counterculturally, living you with loving you, loving you with all that we are and loving our neighbors enough to share with them all we have received of you through your Son in the Holy Spirit, the love, the joy, the peace you give to us. It's just too much to keep it to ourselves. And your answer to this prayer is also your answer to what ails our country and the world. When your church is your church, others will be changed and the world will therefore get better. We pray for our church family and we thank you that so many are now fully vaccinated. And please open the eyes of our governor that he would push the Massachusetts-based Moderna vaccine over the immoral out-of-state J&J vaccine. We thank you for all who are worshiping here today in person on this Resurrection Sunday. And Father, we, we, we pray for Joe, that you would just uh, bless him, uh, let him get out more, <laughs> We pray for Ray and Nancy and Francine, uh, Francis, I'm sorry. And Father, we do remember Francine. What a, what a blow to this family, but what a great assurance that because she trusted in the resurrected Jesus, she is with him now. And we pray for John and Pat and Doris and Norma and Cindy Father, we, we pray for Allie, and we thank you uh, for her faithfulness to you. We pray for Kurt. We pray for the Wong family. We pray for um, Sally and uh, Jimmy and, and Christine. Father, we also remember and thank you that uh, this year, Brian and Jessica get to celebrate their birthday on Easter Sunday. And now may the truth of your word go deep in us to change us. And please guide me as I explain, interpret, and apply your word. And now we come to you with one heart and one voice, praying the prayer that your son Jesus taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts 
as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now we will sing uh, the Easter song all about uh, Mary Magdalene encountering Jesus in the garden, number 267. seated. A couplet from one of my favorite songs is Light and Life. 
to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings. Now, this is a Christmas carol, but actually it's much more true at Easter on Resurrection Sunday. You see, Jesus is the light of the world who brings his life to all who live in humble, dependent, obedient faith in him. Scripture tells us that God lives in light. Also, that he is light and salvation. And that the word of God gives light and is light. Also, that um, Yahweh gives salvation that comes from the strength of God and the light of his face through his favor or grace. And also, people are encouraged to pray for light from Yahweh, from God, in two different psalms. And then Isaiah tells us that Yahweh is continuously fashioning light as a potter fashions clay. And then he is also making shalom, making peace. Now, in our passage that we heard this morning of the suffering Messiah, who was the first to raise, to be risen, to come to life from the dead, to proclaim that light is coming, both to the people, which is a euphemism for Israel. They were God's chosen people, but also, surprise, to all the people of all the nations of all the earth. Now, Jesus is the light of the world. He proclaimed this in John's gospel, who opens eyes and gives life. Jesus rose from the dead to proclaim life to all people. Christ's resurrection proclaims light, light to all. Now, Jesus is ascended and he is on the throne of the universe, so he is delegated, delegated to us this task of proclamation about him. His disciples now tell about his life. So now let's look this morning at Paul's testimony to King Agrippa and learn what we are called to do when we receive light and when we receive life from Jesus Christ. Now our passage is in two parts. It starts with Paul testifying to what Jesus had done and what he learned when he encountered Jesus about the suffering Messiah and his resurrection and how we are to repent and practice worthy deeds. So, 
he starts out before Agrippa and he says, I was not disobedient to this vision from heaven, teaching everywhere to everyone to repent, to turn to God and to practice deeds worthy of repentance. Line by line, he starts out, consequently, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the from heaven vision with the emphasis on this vision and encounter he had with Jesus Christ. Let me give us some context here. We could have started earlier. He is testifying to the Roman appointed king over Palestine, whose name is Agrippa, which is Greek for hero-like. And he's in Caesarea, which is on the extreme western side of Palestine, right on the Mediterranean Sea. It's some 63 miles northwest of Jerusalem and 125 miles southwest of Damascus, where he had his encounter with Jesus. Now, he's also in, in the presence of Festus, the governor, and not surprisingly, Festus means a festival. Now, he's told of his extreme opposition to the name of Jesus. And as he was going to Damascus, he saw a light as bright as the sun, and he heard the voice of Jesus commanding him to tell the things he saw, the things he saw of Jesus, so that all the people of all the nations could hear it. And the purpose of his going to all the nations was for them to open their eyes and to be turned from the power of the adversary, the accuser of people, to God in order to receive forgiveness of sins and a share with those being made holy by the faith in Jesus Christ. Now we're up to date. And Paul continues, but first to those in Damascus, and then in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and to the nations also, I have been preaching to repent, to turn to God, and deeds worthy of repentance always practicing. Emphasis on the last word. This is how he's practicing, how he's living his life. Now, Jesus' last words, we're all familiar with them. He said to the 12 before he ascended, and you are to testify to me, Jerusalem, all Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Well, Paul starts with Damascus, north of Syria, because that's where he encountered Jesus. But then he circles back in Jerusalem, all Judea, and to all the nations of the earth. And the verb Paul uses indicates that he was continuously testifying from the day he encountered Jesus on the road all the way up to that current day when he was a Roman prisoner testifying in Caesarea, and he's testifying to three things. And these three things are for every 
disciple of Jesus Christ, this is what God wants us to do. First, to change our heart and our thinking, our minds. Second, to turn to the God. And this is very important in Greek when the definite article is used. In those days, they had hundreds of so-called gods. He's not talking about them. Turn to the God, the only true God. And then third, they are to continuously be practicing deeds worthy of this change of heart and mind, which is repentance. They are always to climb God's spiral staircase of change, becoming more Christ-like while living here in his kingdom on earth now. So disciples prove their repentance by good deeds of faith. And then he says, now due to these things, everything that I have been doing, the Jews seized me in the temple courts and they've been attempting to kill me. Now in Paul's last letter that he wrote to Timothy, he said, all desiring to live godly in the Messiah, Savior, will be persecuted. And very soon after he read these words, he was executed in Rome. Then he goes on and he says, having obtained God's help, he is testifying to what the prophets and Moses said about Messiah, the first to rise from death to proclaim light. He says, therefore, having obtained help again from the God, no one else could give this to me. Until this day, I have stood testifying to both small and great alike, saying nothing beyond what both the prophets and Moses said was coming to be. Remember, God is, I am. So with God's help, and and we need to understand this, people, to do God's work, his help is necessary. We can do nothing, nothing whatsoever without God in our own strength. We're helpless. And he's still standing. Paul says, I'm still testifying, even as a prisoner of Rome. And remember, Jesus had commanded the 12 to testify to him after the spirit of truth came upon them. And then we've already heard it, but I'll say it again. Just before he went to heaven, he said that all of his disciples were to testify to him in ever-widening circles throughout the whole earth. And now notice how Paul is working backwards from the first century when he lived. He goes back to the messianic prophecies given through the prophets around 700 B.C., And then he works his way all the way back to Moses, who said sometime around 1400 B.C. that God will raise up a prophet like unto myself, Moses, only greater. Listen to him. 
And then he talks about the suffering Messiah. And of course, the prophet Isaiah was given the longest paragraph in all of Scripture about the suffering Messiah. But he's the first to rise from the dead. And if you'll look at the chapter that Paul wrote to the Corinthians, all about resurrection, he says that because Jesus rose from the dead, this guarantees resurrection for all who are in him when he returns. If we remain in Christ until we meet him or he comes back, we too shall be resurrected from the dead. So, Paul says he is beginning to proclaim light. I'm sorry. Jesus is beginning to proclaim light through his people from the first century until now. First to the people, again, that's Israel. Thank God for Jews for Jesus and other ministries like that. And then all of the people on earth. Now, when we talk about light, one more thing. Through both Isaiah in 720 B.C. and Jeremiah in 586 B.C., we're told that God's people had hoped for light, but darkness. Why darkness? Because of their sin and their idolatry, which they could not overcome. But the suffering Messiah, Jesus, he brought light both to the people and to all of the nations. One more thing, I want to go back and remind you of Isaiah because Paul talked about the after the fact, the importance of the resurrection. Isaiah, and I've preached this on previous Easter's, He said 700 years before Jesus showed up that death would be swallowed up in victory forever to give gladness and joy of salvation. And then finally, Paul climaxes this part by saying the universal announcement of this light in the Messiah, the light of life, We do it because he was resurrected. And this is truly good news for everyone. Christ's resurrection proclaims light to all people. And now, here we get real human nature. So right as Paul is all wound up, here comes Festus. And he calls Paul insane But Paul says his words are of a sound mind. So Festus says in a loud voice, Paul, you're out of your mind. Your learning is turning you insane. So Luke narrates this, that as he is speaking this defense, Festus said, with a great voice, you're out of your mind, Paul. Now, the word that is translated defense, the Greek word is the root of our English word apologetics. What is apologetics? It is the practice of arguing in defense of the Christian faith. So Paul was saying, here's why I'm a Christian and why you should be 
a Christian. But Festus is finding Paul's presentation of the gospel of Jesus, especially this idea that he was resurrected from the dead to bring the light of life to all people. He's finding this highly illogical. The word that Festus uses for insane, you can check it out in Webster's, is the root of our English word maniac. He's saying, Paul, you're a maniac. But Paul says, I am not becoming a maniac, most excellent Festus. No, using the very same word that was thrown at him, he says, no, most excellent Festus, you are wrong. Let me comment on this, people. Truth is truth. Now, degraded human nature wants to make right and wrong merely a relative choice of whoever's speaking. What I say is right and wrong is right and wrong. But God has determined what is right and what is wrong. And we can know his standard of right and wrong because he has written it in his word. And we are to read his word. We are to meditate on his word. We are to know his word so we will do it. And he says, but I am uttering specific words of truth and of a sound mind. Now, Jesus is truth. He said, I am the truth, the way, the truth, and the life. In fact, Jesus is the answer, he himself, to Pilate's question on Good Friday. What is truth? Truth is Jesus. And he says, I am of a sound mind. And the dictionary describes this as having good sense, always being rational and reasonable, sober and discreet. That's what Paul is. And he says, because the king knows these things, I also speak to him freely in bold confidence. Now, Agrippa was the great-grandson of Herod the Great, who was king when Jesus was born. And he was the son of the Herod, who we read about in Acts 12, who was struck down by God as worms ate his belly while he was giving a speech. It's this Agrippa. But Paul was a different person after he encountered Jesus on his way to Damascus. And with the help of Hananiah, which means Yahweh is grace. That's uh, Ananias. And with the filling of the Holy Spirit, both of these, Paul immediately began to preach with power, proving Jesus is Messiah. People, we can learn from this, as I said in the beginning. May we all receive sound minds from the Messiah Savior in order to freely proclaim the truth of his gospel and to not be 
deterred if anybody should call us insane or foolish. And then, bottom line, because I am persuaded. Not any of this has escaped him. He's talking to Festus about Agrippa. Not one single thing, because not in a corner was this having been practiced. So he ends his speech the way he ended his first part of the defense. Okay. Now, when he says persuaded, this is the very word that Paul used when he wrote to the Christians in Rome, I'm persuaded that nothing in all of creation can separate those who are being made holy in Jesus from the love of God in the Messiah, Savior. And then when he says not practice in a corner, as I said, this was the same word referring to the miracles that God is doing in those who have surrendered their lives to him in his son. And it's the same word for the good deeds worthy of repentance. They work together that people do after they turn to God in Jesus, having heard the gospel and the good news about the Savior who died on the cross so their sins could be forgiven, and he rose from the dead to give them eternal, abundant, and purposeful, fruitful life in him. It was all done in the wide open. It was not hidden, Festus, for all of the world, all of the people, everywhere. And here's the bottom line, and here's our challenge this morning, people. We must all know the Savior Messiah who suffered for us and was the first to rise from the dead so that we will turn to God. And then we can be changed to practice worthy deeds and join with the resurrected Savior Messiah in proclaiming his light so all people may have life. Christ's resurrection proclaims light to all. So let's wrap up our passage this morning. The Apostle Paul was always preaching so people would turn from themselves to God, to always practice worthy deeds by testifying to the suffering Messiah whose resurrection proclaims light. Now, when Festus interrupted Paul to say he's out of his mind, Paul said the words he's speaking about the Messiah are true and of a sound mind. And here's the truth. Messiah has brought the light of life to all people everywhere. Christ's resurrection proclaims light and life to everyone. And now we're going to partake of the sacrament in a few minutes to remember and be part of Christ's completed work on the end of Holy Week. But before we do, let us sing number 251, I believe it is. Number 251, he was wounded.
for our transgressions.
Amen. And you may be seated unless you do not have a communion kit yet. And if you don't have one, just please go and get one now. Okay. And now, if you will all take your bulletin inserts, and we will do our communion responsive reading. The table of bread is now to be made ready. It is the table of company with Jesus and all who love him. You who have been here often, and you who have not been for a long time, and you who have tried to follow Jesus, and you who have failed, come, it is Christ who invites us here to meet him. Loving God, through your goodness, may we know your presence in the sharing, so that we may know your touch and presence in all things. Made one in Christ and one with each other, we offer these gifts and with them ourselves a single living act of praise. Amen. And now let us pray. Holy Lord God, by what we do here in remembrance of Christ, we celebrate his perfect sacrifice on the cross and his glorious resurrection and ascension. We declare that he is Lord of all and we prepare for his coming kingdom. We pray through you, Holy Spirit, that this bread may be for us the body of Christ and this cup, the blood of Christ. Accept our sacrifice of praise as we eat and drink at his command. Unite us to Christ as one body in him and give us strength to serve you in the world and to you, one holy and eternal God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we give praise and glory now and forever. Amen. And you may now take of the bread and the cup. And now... We will sing number 281, Thine is the Glory, Risen, Conquering Son.
Benediction or good word comes from Peter's first epistle. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to obtain an inheritance imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, even though now, for a little while, if necessary, You have been distressed by various trials, that the proof of your faith, more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls. 
Amen. Our closing song is number 528, Lord Be Glorified. Number 528. Oh, oh, oh. 